Welcome to the Inspire to Invest podcast, where we're sharing stories from real estate investors and how investing has changed their lives. This episode of the Inspire to Invest podcast has been brought to you by Fluent Capital. Welcome to the Inspire to Invest podcast. I have an amazing guest today named Siptain Panju. He also goes by Sip. And him and his wife, Sia grew their real estate portfolio to an impressive eight figures in just three years, enabling both of them to leave their full-time jobs. Most of their multifamily projects have actually resulted in doubling the value while they've worked on them. And they really focus on bringing high-quality, affordable housing to Canadians. They also have a giving component to their business. So on a monthly basis, they donate a percentage of their proceeds to causes such as providing education, clean water, food, and shelter to deserving families and orphans in various locations across the world. And they want to support other investors to create passive income investing in real estate through their company, Pragma Properties. So welcome today, Sib. How are you? Good, thanks, Serena. How are you? Thanks for having me on the podcast. Yeah, I'm so happy to be here. I think your story is so inspiring because you and Encia had obviously left your full-time jobs and, you know, now you're living the good life, (laughs) I guess you could say, (laughs) but... No complaints. No complaints. First is like, what what did life look like before real estate for both of you? Yeah, so that's a good question. Uh, we we basically followed the the traditional route. We went to sc- we went to school. Uh, did the BCom. I did the CPA, CFA. Um, and, you know, Incia was a high school teacher uh, for a few years just before she quit her job in 2020. Um, you know, I came from the corporate world. I worked at uh, Coca Cola. I worked at Nestle in corporate finance before joining a big five bank. Um, you know, in the bank, I was there for uh, almost 20 years or yeah. so. Um, I worked in finance, vendor management. Uh, you know, I worked on some large projects, large deals and contracts. Uh, so for over 20 years, I was working the nine to five job, taking the go train every day downtown. Because uh, back then, you know, there was no work from home strategy, yeah. right? So hustle and bustle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So then what was the catalyst to get you shifting over from the core world into real estate? Yeah, so I've always um, wanted to have passive income because I knew long term I wanted passive income because we were trading time for money and paying a lot of taxes, like huge amounts of taxes. There's, there's actually a date in June where you're working for the government, like from January till June, uh, paying taxes. So um, I was always looking for passive income opportunities. We did some real estate flips, single family. Uh, we we did some uh, stock option trading. We did some stocks and and bonds, things like that, for passive income. But then I came to a point in my life when I realized that, you know, this can't go on for another twenty thirty years, right? Yeah. Um. So, but what happened was after we had kids, life got busy with the with the, uh, you know, the nine to five job. I leave the house seven o'clock, come back at six p.m., take the kids for hockey. Our kids were into like hockey, taekwondo, soccer tennis, skiing, snowboarding, right? So it was just, the life was just busy. And then the social life on top of that. The main catalyst for us was COVID. So when COVID happened, everything stopped. All of a sudden, we were working nine to five, working from home, and then we had the evenings and weekends free. So we started, uh, you know, meeting a lot of people, um, like over the phone and things like that. Yeah. Um, we we started traveling to, to cities to see properties. We we spent a weekend in Windsor. We spent a weekend in Kingston, for example. Yeah. Uh, we attended seminars. We started networking. Um, and so in 2020, we bought our first two multifamily properties. And then that's when NCA quit our job. And then the rest is history, right? So COVID was a, a great catalyst for us uh, to, to move this forward. Yeah. Now, I know you didn't leave your job at the same time. You just left uh, not too long ago. I think it was maybe 
four or five months ago, if I'm remembering. So why did that feel like the right time? Like NC obviously left sooner, but why did you feel like you were ready, I guess? Yeah, I think um, I think it came, came a point where I couldn't do both. Um, you know, I, I, it was taking up my weekends. And the whole point of doing this was to have a work-life balance and a work yeah. lifestyle. And so we we quickly realized that uh, like working weekends uh, is not what we wanted. Um, so so quitting the job was was gave me work life balance. It also gave me time to explore new opportunities. Yeah. Um, and and had quit a job. She was full time on on the multifamily game since 2020. Yeah. Which helped us build the portfolio to a point, but uh, but it really helped that I had extra time as well. Yeah. No, that makes perfect sense. Now, yeah. when you look back at everything you've done, like it's obviously been a lot in just a very short period of time. So is there anything in particular that you think you're most proud of or you look at as your biggest success so far? I think our biggest accomplishment is building our power team. Um, you know, we, we built our team over the years uh, from realtors to contractors to our mentors. Uh, we have great lawyers, mortgage brokers, bankers, accountants. Like they're all part of our team. The real estate is a team sport, Yeah. Uh, but it takes time to get the right contacts. Um, you know, the last few deals we've done have been off-market deals. Um, we also re- recently partnered up with a company that does midterm rentals for traveling nurses, yeah. which, which is going to double the, our, our income in those units where the traveling nurses, there's furnished rentals, which takes a little yeah. bit of yeah. a capital investment. Yeah. Um, and just from the standpoint of projects, there's been a couple of projects. Um, you know, one, one was in Kingston, one was in St. John, where we um, more than doubled the property value through renovations within Sweet Laundry and with, uh, you know, putting in mini splits and the full renovation, new roof, new windows, yeah. new buildings needed, everything. So now is there any particular projects. market that you've found that you've worked in so far that you have been happiest with? Um, you know what? The Each market has its own sort of pros and cons to it. Um, the Ontario market has has more laws you have to deal with for landlord-tenant laws. Yeah. The New Brunswick market and the uh, the Alberta market, where we have properties, the laws are a lot better. Yeah. Um, but the, sometimes, like like in the Alberta market, the lift in the property value uh, is, is not as much upfront because uh, the rents are a little bit lower right now. They're a little bit depressed. They're they're they've been climbing up over the past year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Moncton market, uh, St. John, Fredericton markets have all been very good in terms of the rental increases. Um, you know, they're very fast growing provinces with very low vacancy. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Can you speak a little bit more to how those landlord tenant laws are different? So obviously I think everybody knows that in Ontario, they're very tenant friendly, but when you're looking at something in Alberta or New Brunswick as a property yeah. owner or landlord, how is that different in terms of dealing with a tenant related issue? Yeah, so so in in Ontario, um, you know, if if a tenant stops paying your rent, we had one tenant that stopped paying us rent, um, you know, and he and he would didn't even pay the previous landlord, so he hadn't been paying rent for a long time. Um, it took us about fourteen months to get that tenant out. In New Brunswick, for example, you can you know if a tenant stops paying rent, it's between thirty and sixty days that it's very easy to to get that tenant out if they're not not paying rent. Yeah. And then the landlord-tenant board process in Ontario, just a waiting game. We have some friends in the business as well, and they, they've been waiting six months, eight months yeah. to uh, just to deal with the landlord-tenant board. Yeah, and God forbid you make a mistake yeah. and then you have to go start all over again. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that, that's happened uh, to some friends of ours, yeah. Yeah. Now, I guess in terms of obstacles, what would you say is the biggest obstacle that you faced while you're building this portfolio? You know, the biggest obstacle, and still is the biggest obstacle, um, is time. Right, real estate is a time-consuming business. We we look at a hundred deals, yeah. 
we run numbers on maybe 30 deals. We yeah. offer on 10 and we get one property. And then once you get the property, then you start the process, the financing, the renovation, the tenant management, property management, and then there's the operational side of it, yeah. the accounting, the taxes. So the biggest obstacle is is time right now. Yeah. And it always has been time. But, uh, but you know, we are building out our team. Um, and, you know, our goal is to work on the business and not in the business. Yeah. And we also love, you know, sports, traveling, meeting people. So just juggling all that uh, is an obstacle. Yeah, it's no, challenge. I can understand. Appreciate that. I guess in terms of some of the learnings that you've had, what would you say are a couple of the biggest lessons that you've come across so far? A uh, couple of lessons are, um, you know, we continue to learn. Um, one, one of the lessons that we should have probably brought more property 20 years ago than stocks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, uh, you know, when the mortgage rates were low, were low a few years ago, a couple of years ago, uh, we should have locked in for longer terms. Um, mm-hmm. I think that was, a, that was a simple lesson that that we should have, uh, have we have learned. Yeah. Um, you know, our brokers and our bankers were always saying, well, you, you can get more flexibility with a shorter term. But the reality is you can always get a second mortgage uh, if you want to refinance a property after a few years, right? Mm-hmm. And then, and then a lesson that I learned over the years uh, in the past is don't speculate. Like, like we we don't buy pre-construction condos, things like that, because you don't know what the market's going to do because of supply and demand, things can change. Yeah. You know, we've been through some weird cycles over the past few years with COVID, with the interest rates changing. Um, so hope for the best, but prepare for the worst. So we invest based on solid numbers and cash flow that we can hold the properties on a long-term basis if we need to. Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. So with those pearls of wisdom, we're just going to take a really brief break for a word from our sponsors and we'll be right back. Inspired to Invest is proud to support the Beyond Success program. In today's complex world, it's absolutely crucial for our youth to learn how to take charge of their financial future. We believe that every young person deserves access to accurate, practical financial information. Designed to bridge the gap, the Beyond Success program leverages a comprehensive educational bootcamp to equip young minds with essential financial literacy skills. At Beyond Success, it's not just about teaching financial literacy, it's also about fostering a foundation for a prosperous and empowered future. Join us. Together we can build a brighter financial future for the next generations. Join us. Together we can build a brighter financial future for the next generations. We are so excited to announce the launch of Fluent Capital, a competitive investment and lending solution to all of our clients. We're providing competitive investment rates as well as alternative lending options for first and second mortgages. Our mission is preservation of capital through rigorous underwriting processes to ensure we preserve your investment. So what makes Fluent different from other investment firms? We have a low fee structure with full transparency. Our investors receive the interest income as well as all the other fees that we charge to our borrowers. That includes administration fees, renewal fees, discharge fees, and origination fees. At Fluent Capital, we're all about risk management and preservation of your capital. Fluent Capital, we speak your language. I value transparency, integrity, and trust. If you choose to work with me, you can be assured that business will be conducted honestly and openly. Time is of the essence in this industry, so you can expect nothing short of quick, clear communication from me. I'll keep you informed every step of the way so you feel comfortable throughout this entire process. Our homes are where we eat, sleep, relax, and play. My clients' best interests are at the heart of everything I do. 
And with this said, my service to you doesn't end when the transaction does. As your realtor, I'll not only help you buy and sell your property, I'll also educate and support you along the way. I want to help you fulfill your goal of homeownership and become your trusted real estate resource for life. I can't wait to share my passion for real estate with you. More importantly, find you the perfect house to turn into your home. Looking to buy, sell, or invest in Durham Region or Toronto? Let's chat. Welcome back to the Inspired to Invest podcast. I have Sibtain Panju here from Pragma Properties, and him and his wife and Sia have built up a very impressive portfolio worth more than eight figures in just three years. So he's talking to us about some of the challenges that he's experienced, obstacles, successes. And I guess one thing that I really want to know is what's the craziest thing that you would say has happened to you so far as a real estate investor? Yeah, I think the craziest thing um, for us to think back is uh, is how we bought the Kingston property. Um, you know, you know, we were new to, new to the multifamily game. We had one uh, sixplex at that point. Uh, we had walked through many buildings. We'd run many num- many uh, like numbers on many buildings. Um, but we noticed the property online, and we called the realtor, and learned that that the offers are due in two hours, and there's ten offers on the property already. Um, we ran the numbers and decided that this property can support 30% over the asking price, like $400,000 over the asking price. We went in, we placed the offer uh, within two hours. We had not seen the property, um, but but we had seen enough properties and ran enough numbers to know that that this could easily support, uh, you know, the 30% over asking. Yeah. So we got the property. Uh, this property needed everything from roof roof to windows, um, full suite renovations. Uh, the property is now doubled in value. The rents were uh, 800 and now they're about 1800. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah. significant. And I'd say that's pretty brave going in. I guess you obviously had pretty significant conditions if you're going in buying sight unseen. No, so we had limited conditions on that property because um, there were 10 bids on the property, right? So yeah. we we had to ask a lot of good questions. We had to get, get some video footage quickly from the realtor. Yeah. And we had to go in with limited conditions on that property. So it was, uh, it was, it was a really crazy story on that one. Yeah, I'd say so. But a good way yeah. to think nimble and be on your feet. So that's awesome. Now, I guess in terms of uh, mentorship and education, you obviously talked about, you know, networking and joining different organizations and stuff like that. What would you say is some of the best advice that you've been given over the last few years? Yeah, we've gotten a lot, of, a lot of advice from a lot of great people over the years, which has helped us get to where we are. But, uh, but you know, some of the, the best advice we've had is uh, between where you are and where you want to be, um, there are people, right? You have to connect with a lot of people. You have to leverage people, leverage their knowledge, leverage training. Uh, we're part of a lot of networks and masterminds that help us grow every day. Um, you know, partner with people who are already doing what you would like to do, Right. Uh, but you have to take action. Like you have to partner with somebody. You have to take action. You have to take the training. Uh, you have to pound the pavement sometimes to go see properties, right? Yeah. And then the the last thing I guess is uh, invest in multifamily versus single family. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cash flow is better, expenses are lower, and you can force the appreciation on these properties. And the risk profile is overall lower as well because you have, you know, if one tenant doesn't pay rent, it's a small percentage of your overall income, right? Yeah. Now, would you say that there's a sweet spot with your properties? Like, are you looking at the smaller multis? Or are you working towards larger acquisitions? Like, what would you say is is really your focus? Yeah, we look for anything between, uh, you know, over the past year, uh, anything between like 12 units is sort of on the lower side mm-hmm. uh, to one that we looked at, with us, which was about 110 units. Yeah. 
So it's, it's a pretty wide range. Um, we find that once you get over the 50 unit mark, the competition gets tougher. The income kind of the cap rates get a little bit lower. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the sweet spot might be between 12 and let's say 50. Yeah. But, but at the same time, you know, we are looking at the larger stuff as well. Okay. So now can you talk a little bit about for anyone that's listening that, you know, they'd like to do something like this. Can you talk about how you're doing this? Cause I'm sure that you guys just didn't set aside a portion of your personal savings to go out and buy all these apartment buildings. So can you talk a little bit more yeah, about yeah. your process and your partnerships and things like that? Yeah, sure. So we, um, essentially what we do is we, we started buying properties with our own money first, but then eventually you need capital to buy these large properties. Right. Yeah. Uh, so we we partner with people uh, like usually it's uh, it's people that that know us from somewhere, mm-hmm. um, th- like either through networks or through friends and family, mm-hmm. and uh, and essentially um, we partner with them. They bring in the capital for the down payment, and then we share and everything else, including the proceeds of the property. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 when when the property value doubles, we refinance the property. So it's the Burr strategy: the buy, renovate, rent, refinance, and then repeat. Yeah. Right. So, so essentially you can uh, refinance the property, get the capital out for the capital partner. And then what happens is they can reinvest that, that capital or they can invest in something else, but they still maintain their equity share in the property, yeah. uh, which helps them grow their portfolio long-term. Right. And property, the multifamily properties we've been looking at, uh, they double between seven and 10 years on average. Yeah. Right. So if you have a $10 million portfolio, in 10 years, if it's 20 million, in another 10 years, it could be 40 million, right? Yeah, yeah no, that's significant. Now, yeah. when you are partnering with someone, um, how do you feel the conversations regarding like exit strategies? So obviously life happens, someone may go into partnership with you and, you know, they think that they're going to want to be this partner for 10 years or something. But, yeah. you know, have you had any experiences where someone's like, well, asked to exit earlier? Or like, how would you approach that if that happened? Yeah, so uh, like most of our partners right now are on a buy and hold strategy, uh, like similar to us. Um, but but we we do we do allow our partners to exit. Um, you know, we say the minimum hold period should be three years, but but then after that point, um, you know, if they want to exit, we will buy them out. Um, if if we can't or don't want to buy them out for whatever reason, then we will put the property on the market. Yeah. Uh, like like within six months, no questions asked. Okay. Yeah, I was just curious to see how that is. I was yeah. speaking to someone earlier this week and they, you know, said they bought up all these properties, but then the problem was life changes. <laughs> so, you know, they yeah. were just in a situation where they had to sell when the intention was to be more of a buy and hold. So I was just curious to see how you approach that. Um, now, in terms of the projects you have going on right now, um, can you talk a little bit about what's next for you guys? Yeah, so we're, we're still uh, looking at multifamily opportunities across Canada right now. Uh, you know, we're still analyzing a lot of deals. Uh, we have a couple under contract right now. Both are in Ontario. Both are multifamily value-add strategies. Uh, on both properties, we, ne- we managed to negotiate vendor take-back mortgages. Yeah. And both properties are close to schools and hospitals, which uh, t- tends to drive up revenue over the long term. Yeah. Uh, one of the properties is a $2.5 million range. The other one is $9 million range. Uh, and to top it all, all, top it off, the properties both come with large pieces of land, which are already zone for higher density so on a, on a nice. long-term basis you can well, actually big lift. develop <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah there's, there's an option for a big lift there we're also looking in the states um but the opportunities that we're seeing there are not necessarily better than we, what we're seeing here yeah um so so we are we are looking at both sides of the border okay so now for anyone that's new to real estate and they may not understand the term vendor take back can you talk about what that is 
and how you approach that situation with people that owned those buildings. Sure. So uh, in terms of undertake back mortgage, essentially, instead of the bank providing you the mortgage, the seller, uh, like, like one of the properties that's two and a half million dollars, the, the seller is providing about one point six million dollars of the mortgage. Okay. So we bring in a down payment and and the seller basically becomes the bank for us and we pay them interest only. And, and that particular mortgage is at four point seven five percent, which is better than the bank rates right now. Yeah. Um, and there's no like, uh, you know, bank fees and things like that. So it's a much better deal. And so we have a four year deal on that mortgage where the seller just provides a mortgage and takes the interest. Right. And, and from a seller's perspective, it's better because they actually save on capital gains tax. They can spread it out over the years. Yeah. Yeah. No. Awesome. I just wanted to make sure that we shed yeah. some light on that. Now, yeah. in terms of financial freedom number, obviously you guys have retired from your full-time jobs. Obviously you're still working as investors, but what does financial freedom mean to you? Whether that's a portfolio, cash flow, number of doors, return yeah. on time. <laughs> yeah. It's not really a number of doors because number of doors, the price can vary right on, on the doors. So yeah. um, we, we focus more on the portfolio value and um, you know, we don't have an exact number, but we, we don't want to have necessarily billions and billions of dollars of real estate and just work the rest of our lives like crazy. Yeah. What we'd like to do is uh, build it to like nine figures and then, and then sort of, uh, sort of decide what to do from that point. Right. Okay. Awesome. Now, how would you say real estate investing has changed your life? Yeah, it's been, it's been great. I mean, uh, we've had the thought we've been traveling a lot more than we have in the past. Uh, we've done about four or five trips this year. Uh, you know, when we went on a cruise uh, for like three weeks, we just picked up and left. You can still work from wherever you are. Yeah. Um, you know, we we're seeing uh, friends more often now. Uh, you know, like previously, it was like you meet your friends on Friday and Saturday because you got to wake, wake up early the <laughs> yeah. following day and and get get to work right. So yeah. now you can have uh, like work life integration where where you might be working on Saturday morning when you have some time and yeah. things are quiet and you want some headspace. But at the same time, um, you know, you can be out on Tuesday night and Thursday night. It's typically, we're out two or three nights a week now. Nice. And there's a lot more flexibility. And the, and the kids, even, we see the kids a lot more. Yeah. We're playing sports with the kids a lot more. Like I've, I've, I've I picked up tennis over the past year or two as well. So, yeah, no, I think that's important just to mm -hmm. shed light on, you know, what that looks like. Because at the end of the day, I think, you know, we talked about offline that real estate investing is not just so much that someone's so passionate about apartments or being a landlord and, you know, things that go along, it's really just how it can really transform your life and, you know, having access to things that you wouldn't necessarily have if you were, you know, working for someone else. Um, now, in terms of inspiration and motivation, is there any particular quote that you, you know, like to live by or really inspires you? Um, I, I'm, I'm a quote guy, so I have a lot of quotes. So I'll, I'll try and pick a couple that I like. Um, one, one that's stuck with me over the years since I was like almost like a kid is work hard, play hard and pray hard. So it's not just about working hard, but make sure you also play hard. Yeah. And when you do work hard, you actually enjoy the playtime more. Right. Yeah. And the second quote is, uh, be the change you wish to see in the world. Uh, but, but which is Mahatma Gandhi. Yeah. I love that. Uh, you know, you can't control everything, but you can, you do have control over what you do. And so be a good person and help those around you. Right. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. Now, for anyone that has been watching that wants to get in touch with you, what's the easiest way for them to connect? Yeah, I think a couple of easy ways are our website, which is uh, pragmaproperties.com. Okay. And then our Instagram is at pragmaproperty. Perfect. And we'll include that in the show notes below, of course. Now, is there anything else that you wanted to leave with our audience before we sign up? 
uh, you know what, take action and, uh, and, and get out there because if you don't take action, your like return on investment is going to be zero, right? So take action and get out there. Yeah. Take messy action. It doesn't have to be perfect in the beginning. <laughs> or partner with someone like you time. guys that know what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for being here. Of course, for anyone that's tuning in, if you like what you've seen or heard, please make sure that you like, comment, and subscribe. And if you're tuning in with your audio streaming, please leave a review. You can follow along with us as well at Inspired to Invest podcast on Instagram. We share lots of content before and after episodes are airing. And remember, when you invest in yourself, the sky's the limit. Thanks again. Thanks, Rena. Awesome. So I'm just going to end that. Thanks again to Fluent Capital for bringing you this episode of Inspire to Invest. The views represented on this podcast are for general information only and does not constitute investment or other professional advice or an offering of securities. The host and guests featured on Inspire to Invest make no representations as to the performance of any particular investment. Should you decide to make an investment, you are responsible for conducting your own review and analysis. It is recommended that you obtain independent legal accounting and tax advice from licensed professionals.